This is Clint Arnoldus, CEO of Central Pacific Bank. Join me in watching Carrie and Evan on Greater Good TV. Greater Good TV is proudly presented by Central Pacific Bank, fiercely loyal banking. Greater Good TV, with your hosts Carrie and Evan Leong. Leaders inspiring leaders. A place where financial profit and social responsibility go hand in hand for Hawaii's greater good. Today's special guest is Clint Arnoldus, President and CEO of Central Pacific Bank. Welcome to our show, Clint. Thank you, and congratulations to the two of you for having your program expand from radio to television. It's quite Thank an accomplishment. You. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Clint, could you tell us about your experience coming to Hawaii and how it all happened? Yeah, I mean, Hawaii is, is paradise. And um, as a child, I lived in the western states, through many of the western states, and always wanted to come to Hawaii. We could just never afford it. And my wife and I uh, splurged and saved and did all we could um, to come here for our 10th anniversary. That was in 1980. And that impressed us so much, we made sure that we came back on a regular basis. And as we became more and more familiar with Hawaii and the various islands, we um, decided that we, we'd really like to uh, one day retire in Hawaii, have a place here. And so uh, we were making those plans. And um, out of the blue, one day I got a call from a headhunter who asked me if I'd be interested in a position uh, running a bank for one of the Hawaiian banks or for one of the Hawaiian institutions here. And um, obviously I jumped at it and I was fortunate enough to be the winner. And I, we were able to uh, accelerate our plan a little bit. With your experience living all over the world, basically, yeah. what's the difference between doing business in Hawaii and anywhere else that you've done business? You know, it's hard to say because this is, uh, you know, one of my final moves in my career and I was building my career in other locations. But um, Hawaii is so unique. It's the only place in the world where it's paradise and everyone in the world recognizes it as paradise, but it's also got a, uh, an economy where you can find uh, opportunities to do things and you can build, and you certainly know that. I mean, you, as entrepreneurs, you've done a lot of very impressive things in Hawaii. I think Hawaii is going to become more and more of a, uh, uh, a location of demand for uh, people to want to live and visit, and uh, I, I think all that's going to really benefit Hawaii. So when you're in a high position like that, because you've yeah. been CEOs for several banks, mm -hmm. how do you know when it's time to move to another place? Is it because you feel like your job is done here and you want to help another company? Often you're uh, a victim of a buyout and uh, you know they're just when there's a combination there isn't room for two CEOs and there are times when it just looks like it's a great opportunity and, and better than where you are which was the case when I was recruited to come here. When you moved to Hawaii it was for Central Pacific Bank and then there was a separate bank, Citibank. Could you right. tell us a little bit about that merger that happened? Yeah, yeah that got a little bit of publicity here didn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, that, when I was when I was telling you about the headhunter that approached me, one of the things I looked at that got me excited about um, the opportunity of coming here is really uh, the opportunity to combine the two banks and to become a greater force in in uh, Hawaii. And you know, I, I didn't come here knowing that would happen because I didn't I didn't know the banks yet. But as I got here and uh, got to know the market better and got to know the banks and saw how much sense it made. Uh, it just seemed to me that you know th these banks had to combine. It had, I had worked in other markets where uh, 
you know, in-market combinations that already occurred. This is, I would argue, that that Citibank uh, Central Pacific Bank merger might have been the last just totally logical in-market merger that, that might have been left uh, for banks those size because it had, the market had just been so active for decades in combining. And so um, I knew that if we could combine those banks, find a way to get it done, that ultimately everyone would be a winner, that um, the customers of both banks would be a winner, uh, the communities would be a winner, the shareholders would be a winner, the employees you know, would be a winner. And, and you know, now that it's happened and we've had some time to see the impact, I, I think uh, people agree that that was something that made a lot of sense and everybody is actually better off as a result of those banks combining. When you're involved in something big like that, it's a mm -hmm. huge decision that's going to impact a lot of people's lives. You know, you have your own goals and mission in your mind. Yeah. Do you share that, you know, your goals and missions with the people that you work with? I think before you could do that, you've got to build uh, respect with people so they trust your judgment and they trust um, your motivations and they, they know uh, why a bold step like that is being taken. And, um, you know, when the, when the time came to, to uh, really pursue that uh, merger, it, uh, it was just the right time. You know, we had, we had meetings within our organization to talk about uh, what we were going to do and why and uh, what people could anticipate. So I think uh, the reaction overall was a little stronger than we anticipated, uh, candidly, but we knew there would be reaction that, that would be ad adverse initially. And, um, you know, but uh, as soon as people saw that this was being done for a good reason and it was building value, it was accepted. So what would you say is the most important or, or are the most important factors to building these relationships? Um, I think, um, first of all, demonstrating that you've got qualities that, um, that make them feel comfortable. You know, are, are you honest? Uh, do you deliver on time? Um, are you discreet with any confidential information? You know, just a, a whole magnitude of things that uh, people measure you by with every experience. So I think uh, just that ability to create that trust and that comfort with people, I think that's the most important thing. And then I think um, showing, you know, just that you have some interest in somebody, uh, you know, inviting them uh, to dinner, to your home, to a ball game, to the opera, whatever you do. You know, I think those things really help to build uh, bonds as well. Clint shares his thoughts on success. The greatest success is through your um, through your family, through what kind of person you are, through your values. So just to always work hard on those and know that that is, uh, that is the biggest success in life you can find. Do you believe anything is possible? I do. I work at Earthlink. I believe internet good can defeat internet evil. A world without spyware, viruses, or online identity theft. I believe in a place where our information can be safe. I won't stop fighting until we get there. We work at Earthlink making unbelievable things happen every day. It's time to start believing. Earthlink, we revolve around you. Order now and get Earthlink for $29.95 for six months.
the people, the place, the state of mind. Now you can own KTMB 9's special production of Honolulu, 100 years in the making. The long-awaited DVD release is packed with bonus features, including deleted clips and never-before-seen interviews. This timeless piece of Hawaii's history can now be yours. Honolulu, 100 years in the making is on sale now. Available everywhere DVDs are sold. Go to KGMB9.com for more information. So where do you think we'll be 20 years from now? Be right here working on this lawnmower. Do you think we're saving enough for retirement? Well, maybe it's time we find somebody to help us. Maybe it's time we buy a home. Where do you think that your leadership skills developed? I went um, on a two-year mission for the Mormon Church, and those are, you know, very, very challenging. They're very disciplined. You've got to work extremely hard. Um, and and I went to Germany, so I had to learn another culture, another language, and talk about such a personal uh, thing as religion with people. And so uh, I was put in uh, all kinds of challenging uh, positions there that I had to address, and not only address the challenging uh, opportunity, but also do it in a foreign language with a totally different culture. And so uh, I grew up really fast. Can you tell us about uh, experience through that mission? You can imagine when you take 19-year-old uh, young men and send them out on this two-year mission, uh, you've got to have a pretty solid program because 19-year-olds are 19-year-olds. And, you know, you want to keep them focused, you want to keep them occupied. Uh, and so the program is, is structured uh, very, very rigidly. And um, you're going from 6 o'clock in the morning until usually 10 or 10.30 at night. And you only have uh, half a day off during the week. And that's so you can do your laundry and do the personal things you need to do. So you're just out there all the time. And it's um, in, in Germany, where I went, most of the time was spent uh, trying to find people that were interested in talking to us. And most of that time was spent knocking on doors, going door to door. So uh, if you will, a, a big part of what I did was like, um, you know, just selling something door to door, but selling the most difficult thing you can sell. Um, and it's not, I mean, it's, it's, you know, a religion, religion isn't sales, obviously, but you do have a lot of those same characteristics that come into play. And um, you also uh, have to gain a lot of inner strength when you're there because it's, uh, it's challenging, it's, um, it's discouraging um, at times. Uh, people, uh, um, you know, when you're going door to door uh, like that, uh, you, people, you, don't always see the, you don't always see the best characteristics in people and how you're treated, let's put it that way. Um, in fact, I've got a briefcase I, I just recently threw away that had a hole chewed in it that I kept all these years that uh, someone, that, someone had a German Shepherd, they, they sicked on us uh, when they <laughs> saw us, and that briefcase was between us and him. Um, I, I have all those kind of experiences, um, but it was, it was mo one of the more, most um, impactful experiences I've ever had in my life. Uh, in terms of uh, the experience it gave me and the depth that it gave me uh, in, in terms of, you know, just knowing who I am, uh, knowing why I'm here, 
you know, knowing this, there, this whole thing does make sense. There is a greater scheme to all of this. And, you know, that's not a bad thing to come to a realization of when you're 19 years old. So uh, it, was, it was just a fabulous experience. When did you first get involved with community service? Well, I first got into recognizing uh, the value of community service. You know, as a, as a youth in different youth groups, we'd have service projects where we'd go out and, you know, do various things in the community. But uh, where it really became more apparent to me as an adult is, um, I think, uh, I'd say when I was first made a CEO, because then I could see I was so involved in going into all the uh, nonprofits and, and other companies and um, other areas of the community, I could really see the benefit of uh, and what an organization could have and the good it could do in a community if it really uh, focused the employees and, and the resources, you know, both time and mon monetary resources into helping out the community. That, that's when it really hit me as an adult. What's the best way to get your employees involved with community activities? Uh, you know what I've found is uh, in this bank, uh, this, is, this is gonna sound like a flippant answer, in our bank, honestly, it's just asking them to get involved. I mean, I don't have to, I don't have to go out and convince anybody that uh, something we're supporting makes sense and, and try and get them excited to get involved. Uh, they they um, have got such great heart and uh, anything, you know, the March of Dimes uh, walk, we, we um, have been, we've had the, the largest teams and raised the most money in that walk for several years now. Um, running, uh, you know, for example, we have um, a uh, uh, project that runs at Christmas, a Lokahi project with the Salvation Army that uh, makes sure that, that families uh, that are in unfortunate circumstances are able to at least have a holiday with gifts and meals. And, you know, they jump in with, uh, and, and do that. It can be anything. And, and they just uh, come in and really support us. Up next, Clint shares a family moment. He uh, grabbed me by the shoulders and you know, stood me back here and just as articulate as a 17-year-old boy can be, you know, he said, dude, are you okay? <laughs> Hi, I'm Richard Lewis, CEO of Core Systems Hawaii, Hawaii's data storage experts. For over 18 years, we've been helping businesses protect their critical data with enterprise IT systems. We've seen all types of service interruptions from power outages to simple human errors. Core Systems now provides a local disaster recovery managed service utilizing our experience in storage and server virtualization. Call us at 440-5000 to ensure that your data will be there when you need it most. Find the job you've always been looking for in the Star Classified, where Hawaii's top companies advertise. Working in the food and beverage business for 15 years, I was looking for a change. I opened up the Star Classifieds, saw the ad, and it was the best move there for me. The midweek is a paper I look in all the time and recently heard over the radio of the Star Classified ads. try to swim it and he does. Ball comes loose and the Bears have to get out of bounds. Rodgers along the sideline, another one. They're still in deep trouble at midfield. But they get it to Rodgers. They give it back now to the 30. They're down to the 20. Oh, the band is out on the field. He's going to go into the end zone. Will it count? And the Bears have won. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, 
heart-rending, exciting, thrilling finish in the history of college football. Can you outwit, outsmart, and outplay the rest in the 15th season of Survivor? Crater 96 and KGMB 9 are giving Hawaii the chance to prove its Survivor skills. Come to Ala Water Center stage on Saturday from 10 a.m. till 1 p.m. We'll be there with KGMB 9 cameras to see if you have what it takes to survive. Also, listen to Crater 96 for your chance to win a guaranteed front-of-the-line audition. For more details, go to KGMB9.com. Good, Good luck! luck. So can you tell us the funniest, you were talking earlier on a funny story from even in the, during the merger time. Oh yeah, um, there's one, that, uh, a lot of people in the community have heard this, but it was, uh, it was pretty amusing that I have to tell. And um, it, uh, uh, it was during the, the real, really the toughest phase of this merger. And uh, you know, things were very tense and um, big decisions had to be made and they were fast moving too. And so, um, you know, there's just a lot of time invested by our board and our advisors and our management, uh, just trying to stay in, on top of all these moving parts. And, and we were faced with a big decision that we had to make and decided uh, that we wanted to go outside of the bank so we wouldn't be interrupted by any phone calls or anything else. So we went to a restaurant that had a, uh, you know, a nice private dining room. And so uh, we're walking in, and lo and behold, who's sitting at a table right outside the entrance, but Walter Dodds and uh, some, some customers that he had with him. And um, so, uh, you know, I told the waiter, look, we came here because we had to have a private discussion, so whatever you do, keep that door closed uh, into this room. You can come in long enough to bring in a, a, drinks and to bring in food, and otherwise it's closed. And so they were doing that, and, and I was sitting so my back was to that door. I, I could kind of obliquely uh, see it, but, you know, not very well. And so, you know, if the door opened, we just stopped talking, and, you know, then when it closed, we'd start again. So the door opened, and I saw uh, a waiter come in and saw a bottle of wine and a napkin over the arm. And um, so I'm just waiting for the door to close so I can start talking again. And instead, this waiter comes up behind me and said, uh, is the service satisfactory so far, sir? And I turn around, and it's Walter Dots. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, you know, even though people may have um, gotten involved in the fray of things um, and, and the press picked up some, some, uh, some negative things, there, there, was some, there was a lot of humor. Um, I had a moment with my son, too, I got to tell you about uh, during this thing. He was, uh, at the time, he was uh, 17 and still living at home. And he greets me at the front door and gives me a hug. And, uh, boy, that was startling enough. I mean, it was great. The merger was worth going through for this moment. And um, so he gave me this hug, and then he, um, he uh, grabbed me by the shoulders and, you know, stood me back here and just as articulate as a 17-year-old boy can be, you know, he said, Dude, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, I mean, it was just, um, it was kind of a magical family moment. So a lot of good things came through that whole experience. So when people just see the, the you know, the, co the media coverage, uh, there was a whole different angle to this thing that was going on at the same time. I mean, we were at dinner one night and, and a, uh, a, a couple comped our meal. Um, Nobody you knew? No, I didn't even know who it was. They just, they just had a note that said, uh, we know you're going through a tough time. We think this is, this is good. Hang in there. 
I don't even know who it was. Um, and, and I had people that knew me that did it too. Um, you know, it's just, it, you really saw uh, a lot of good, you know, that was, that was out there come through this thing too. What do you think has been your greatest challenge so far in your, in your, um, your life? And how have you overcome that? And then what have you learned from it? Hmm. Well, I think trying to keep from weighing 300 pounds is moving in my picture. <laughs> no, that's why I exercise. No, my, I didn't mean to be flippant with my answer. I think, I think um, the, the biggest challenge is, um, this is going to sound, sound a little bit strange in light of some of the things I've said, but you know, you, you want to be a good, honest, productive person. And you see people that take shortcuts um, and not getting caught up in that. You know, and, and I haven't. I'm proud to say I haven't. But I, you know, sometimes you see people take uh, a path where they haven't exercised the greatest ethics and they're successful. And you, taking the ethical way, aren't successful. And, you know, just staying away from the temptation to, you know, kind of come over this way because it's easier and it looks like it works. It doesn't work. It works in the short run sometimes, but in the long run it absolutely doesn't work. And, um, you know, just keeping your values and, um, uh, you know, knowing who you are and, and, and staying clear of any temptations to take you off of, uh, you know, your, your chosen path. Because they're constantly out there. I mean, you never get to the point where, uh, no matter what, you're, you're never tempted to go off that path. It, it, it's out there. And I, I'm, um, you know, another one of my accomplishments I'd be very I'm very proud of is I haven't gone off that path. And, um, and so here I am at 59 years of age, uh, you know, very, very proud to say that. I mean, I, I can look back over my years and feel, uh, you know, I can look in the mirror and feel pretty good about what I see, the reflection I see coming back at me, other than the age thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take you years back now. Um, uh, can you a lot think, of years there. <laughs> can you think about your uh, most favorite? and most fondest childhood memory? Boy, let me think for a minute on that. Um, well, I grew up in a family that uh, I had great parents, but we never had much. As a child, I remember living in trailer houses, and um, we lived in pretty humble circumstances. And I can remember one Christmas morning, I woke up and there was a new bike uh, that somehow, you know, they'd been able to buy for me. And I, I was just so blown away uh, that I, could, I actually had this, uh, this fantastic, uh, shiny bike. I don't know how old I was. I must have been six or seven years old. Um, but I, I can still see that thing in my eyes. And, and uh, you know, even then, I think I, uh, I knew there was a real sacrifice that went behind uh, getting that gift for me. So that was def I have many great childhood memories, but that's definitely one that, that I'll, I, I really cherish. Do you think that faith and, you know, believing in the higher power had something to do with keeping you yeah. on the right track and on the right path to make the good decisions? Yeah, I, I, without question, yeah. Um, uh, when you believe that there is a, a greater purpose to all of this than just, you know, a good paycheck or, or you know, getting the new car in the big house, uh, it gives you great purpose in life because, you know, at some point, um, if, if you have a lot of monetary success and you can have all those things, it's pretty empty. Um, and what 
what you need to sustain you is a, a deeper belief, a faith uh, that, um, you know, there's, there's um, a purpose to all this and that through uh, being a good person, um, you know, you're, you're, you're helping to make things better and, and making yourself a better person. And I really, um, yeah, I, I think that that kind of orientation really does help you to um, get through some of the bumps that you hit, that everybody hits in life. So something that seems kind of insurmountable to a lot of people, to me, um, I, I can take a little longer term perspective of. And it's, you know, it's that faith that kind of gives you hope in life. Um, it, it gives you hope that there's something better than what you're seeing right now and, and that there um, are, uh, you know, better circumstances, better people, whatever, uh, you know, might be facing you. So uh, that, without question, is the motivator in my life. Um, that really sustains me. Thanks for joining us today, Clint, and we hope to have you back again soon. It was really enjoyable. I appreciate you inviting me on your program. Thank you for your support. Yeah. And thank you for joining us today on Greater Good TV. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodtelevision.com. Please visit us next time for another episode of Greater Good TV. Hey, did our banker get back to us on those ideas to streamline our cash flow? Yeah, that's what I thought. Well, maybe we need a bank that actually cares about our business. And I've got Grace working on payroll because I'm going to need it for... You're not going to believe this. Do you know any good business bankers? spyware, viruses, or online identity theft. I believe in a place where our information can be safe. I won't stop fighting until we get there. We work at Earthlink. And we're making unbelievable things happen every day. It's time to start believing. Earthlink, we revolve around you. Order now and get Earthlink for $29.95 for six months. Greater Good TV has been proudly presented by Central Pacific Bank. Fiercely Loyal Banking. Hi, I'm Evan Leong. Join my wife, Carrie, and me for Greater Good TV every Saturday and Sunday right here on KGMB 9. We'll be talking with business leaders that give back to the community in many different ways. These people are amazing. Now you can watch and learn from Hawaii's greatest leaders on Greater Good TV. Weekends at 4.30 on KGMB9. Greater Good TV is proudly presented by Central Pacific Bank. Fiercely loyal banking.